Hello, you are listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Johnny Clark. Yes, that's right. No Gamba tonight and no Lewis tonight. However, we do have a big panel, four people on, and we are very, very excited about the Scottish Cup. Aren't we, Fisher? Yes, absolutely delighted. My favourite weekend of the year. The favourite weekend of the year, and so excited are the Rangers fans that there's two of them on this podcast. Craig Gamble is also here. Well, certainly is. Looking forward to it, boys. I think that's my first uh, domestic appearance of the season, so... Jordan <laughs> Rossiter of the pod. <laughs> I, I'm alive. <laughs> and just to make sure it's not too Rangers-centric, we have a Kilmarnock fan, Kelly Cow. <laughs> yes, um, depending on what your uh, beliefs are out with football, then maybe some will think it will be too Rangers-centric with a Kilmarnock supporter <laughs> on, but delighted to be here for my first appearance in 2018. Absolutely. Um, we're hoping that we have a few extra listeners um, to the podcast this week after our Cowdenbeath and East Fife video during the week. Um, got some serious numbers on the Twitter. 1,800 people enjoyed that video, uh, liked it, and 990 or something like that retweeted it. So if you're listening, uh, thanks for joining us for the first time. And to start off with, we're going to actually go through our Scottish Cup memories Um We'll start with you, Kelly Cow. What is your best ever Scottish Cup memory? <laughs> well, needless to say that I've, uh, <coughs> since Kilmarnock have won the Cup when I was only a year old, uh, they've not really, I think the furthest they've, they've got is the, the quarterfinals, <laughs> which was is a pretty depressing depressing sight. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm kind of really scraping the barrel here. I've got some, certainly a lot of bad memories, but good memories probably the whole when we played there United and... Uh, 2009 um, played them at Somerset in the, the fourth round um, played them there and drew them two each at Somerset with great atmosphere in that I think it was 9,000 there that day um, Craig Bryson scored for us and Air United scored in the last minute and then we beat them at Rugby Park um, I think uh, the Thursday after that or a week on Thursday after that uh, beat them 3-1 um, so, so that was probably the best one like I said, it was good to see it, it was my first uh, competitive Ayrshire Derby so um, probably probably um, that fixture um, as I said no no very many good memories for me Since you've got such a, a, a wide variety of, of games to choose from this might be a little bit of a harder question but what is your worst Scottish Cup memory? Again um Many, many bad memories. Uh, one of them was when we played Hibs in 2013 and they beat us 4-2 at Rugby Park in the quarterfinals. That was that was quite depressing. Griffith scored a hat-trick and if you just want to watch, watch it on YouTube, um, it's probably like one of the worst defensive displays you'll ever see in your life, I think. Like every goal was a defensive error. Uh, Cammy Bell, terrible distribution. Stuff like that. Um, it was also Chris Boyd's first appearance back in a Kilmarnock strip, and it was a sorry sight seeing him run onto the park, like about four stone overweight and that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite funny when I look at. But uh, I have to go for when we beat three one by Morton at Capolo. I know there's a few Morton fans that listen to the podcast, so so will be happy to hear that one. Uh, they totally outplayed us that day. Um, we went up. We retained quite a good crowd. I think we probably had about three thousand. At Capo, two and a half, three thousand, and we were up one 0 and they beat us. They beat us three one. Yeah, Chris Templeman is a kind of legend of the World League. Scored twice, and a certain Paul McGowan as well, <laughs> on one for Celtic, scored for Morton, is uh, absolutely thrashed us. So 
Yeah, that's probably my worst memory. Coldest I've ever been at a game of football. <clears throat> yeah, when Chris Templeman is scoring twice, it's uh, not very promising. He is a good player, of course, but he's, I think he's more of a Peter Crouch kind of player. He's about six foot eight. Well, you, you um, want to see the two goals? <clears throat> absolutely brilliant, like, athletically. Like, like, really? yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember watching the, the highlights of that game Two cracking finishes. Brilliant. Uh, you know, I remember at the time, man, being like, Jesus, man. It was just. Uh, he, he ran a mock that day. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. But uh, yeah, that's, that's probably my worst memory. Um, pretty sure Commander fans listening probably be able to name a few others. Uh, maybe some of the older guys who I mean getting beat Fair United two years in a row after we, we won the cup was probably, probably up there for them. But fortunately, I was a young pup at the time and never had to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, fortunately, indeed. Um, I'm going to do it a little bit of a different way with Craig and Fisher because I think you're both going to have the same bad memory and it's quite a recent one, isn't it, Craig? Uh, it is, yes. Uh, I think it, for most Rangers fans uh, in recent memory anyway, it's going to be going to have to be the 2016 Cup final defeat to, to Hibs. Uh, I've still not actually been able to bring myself to watch the highlights of this game. <laughs> uh, just aye, still sick, still sickens me even now. Um, but it was it was weird. I don't know if Fisher uh, will say the same. But even at two one up, we can with ten minutes to go. I uh, there was just still a feeling that like this game isn't finished yet, and and uh, and sure enough, it wasn't. So aye, that was a a very hard one to swallow. I I remember there was just a feeling throughout that game where it was like this we're, we're going to get beat here I don't know I, I felt it I felt it all the way up actually into the final I remember sitting I don't know what I think we were sitting with, with former podder Hamish Carton and I was sitting talking to him and I was like I think we're going to get beat next week in this final and he's like Rangers don't get beat like that it's like I, I remember him saying that very clearly it's like Rangers don't lose games like that but as soon as I saw Rob Keelan's uh, backing off for Stoke's oh. first goal I was just like oh here we go um, and I think to be honest that could probably if you were to mark a point where it started to to kind of go downhill after such an initial good start from Mark Warburton at Rangers you could probably point to that final as, as certainly the beginning um, maybe not quite the beginning of the end but certainly where things started to turn to turn um, badly for him um, I was the same like in the week kind of leading up to the game it was obviously everybody uh, like talking about the game uh, we are pals and I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that we were going to get beat but you can try and tell yourself no no we're going to do it and obviously after the high I beaten Celtic in the in the semi-final on penalties but uh, there was just this feeling that it just, we were going to lose and, and to be fair Hibs probably deserved it on the day they, they, I think you've got to say over the, the course of the 90 minutes they were the better team but it didn't make it any easier to take that one that's for sure uh, horrible game I've not been able to really watch it back either I can watch up to the holiday goal and then just go nah no for Aye, me that's when it finished <laughs> and, and <laughs> well fortunately for myself um, being a fan of a Diddy club uh, Forest Mechanics of course uh, a non-league team there's not really that many low points I think the worst I remember was getting knocked out by Irvin Meadow of course their uh, junior <laughs> Uh, that was the season actually Mechanics won the league and next year was probably the high point um, Mechanics playing Rangers at Mosset Park was 
absolutely brilliant. I still go on about it all the time uh, to this day. It was absolutely fantastic getting, you know, 2,700 fans in Mosset Park, probably 10 times more than the, the average crowd. Um, just absolutely bizarre. It really was uh, an incredible day. Um, yeah, and Frankie Fryer up during the week as well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we did. That was uh, probably the low point. I, I, t- I retract my Irvin Meadow statement. That's the low point of the Scottish Cup and Frankie Fryer making mockery of Forrest and <coughs> for Soccer AM viewers' entertainment. Um, Ultimate respect by McCoy going into that game with five defenders, as we just discussed <laughs> off air. Do you have the on again to read out for the uh, Rangers faithful? Because I mean, this will maybe bring back some nightmares for them. Johnny, <laughs> fill some time for yeah. us for two seconds while I, I, I find this. I was just going to tell the story of, of uh, earlier on. Anyway, I was watching a clip on YouTube about McCoist. Um, it was, I think the clip was just called like uh, Build Up to the Forest Mechanics Rangers Games. It was all Forest centric, and Adam McCoist is pre match interview, him just talking about how you know they're not underestimating Forest. They've sent, sent scouts to see three games home and away. It's just that's why lads. I love the Scottish Cup, you know what I mean? That's when would you ever hear Ali McCoist saying they've they've got nothing but respect for Forrest and they're sending scouts to watch them, you know what I mean? It's just that's what I love it. So. <laughs> to be fair, he said that he said that about Elgin and Annan and all the rest of them for, from his way up through the divisions. But uh, the team for that day, bearing in mind, right, one of the subs is Barry Mackay, um, an unused <laughs> sub at that is Barry Mackay. So you'd get Neil, you'd get Neil Alexander in goals. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think Argirio is obviously playing in midfield, but you've got Alexander in goals, Sev Four, Emilson Kribari, Ross Perry, Lee Wallace, Anistis Argirio replaced on the hour mark by Kevin Kyle, Lewis McLeod. <laughs> Lewis McLeod Kyle Hutton Fraser Aird who was replaced by Robbie Crawford Cal Naismith Lee McCulloch and then Scott Gallagher and Chris Hegarty on the bench with Barry Mackay kind of epitomises Rangers lower league experience a little bit um, I remember watching that because I didn't I think it was on Sky at the time and uh, I didn't I didn't have Sky or we didn't have Sky in the house I remember watching that through a dodgy, dodgy stream, and I think just I think back to that, and I, I must have been thinking in my head is like, is this what watching Rangers is about? Dodgy streams of one 0 wins against Highland League teams, but <laughs> well, I was saying uh, just before we came on, I think I'd peppered Rangers with bets that day on the handicaps <laughs> and uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten nil. So. <laughs> uh, but I think, think... Na- Na- Naismith scores kind of early on, and I'm thinking, right, here we go. And then, by all accounts, we pretty much hang on for a one-nil win. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty certain in the next round of that as well, we beat Alloa seven-nil at Ibrox, and Charlie right, scores scores a fantastic goal. But uh, you had just beaten Motherwell three-nil during the week as well in the League Cup, I think, or two-nil. Two-nil. Uh, let's not try and make sense of Rangers in the lower leagues because it was just a cluster <laughs> fuck. To be honest, it was just a complete fucking nightmare of a situation. <laughs> around, around this sort of Forest Rangers chat off, I've got a quote from Neil Alexander, the goalkeeper that day. Um, he says, "We knew it was going to be hard. It's a tough place to come to. It's a tough place to come to." Says the Rangers keeper about Mosset Park. They came out with all guns blazing and made it really hard for us. All credit to them. Maybe in all honesty, they deserved something out of the game. He then goes on to say, "They maybe." Um, they thought they would score three, four, or five, but they just couldn't get to grips. That is uh, quite something, um, and it's also a perfect <laughs> link because, well, 
Rangers are playing Fraser Brothers this weekend, another Highland League team. Not the Highland League champions, but one of the better teams uh, in the Highland League. Uh, even smaller stadium, I think only 1,200 tickets. I'm not entirely sure about that. I know um, Rangers certainly didn't get very many, and neither of you guys have managed to get a, a ticket for the game. You'll be watching this one no. in, in the pub on Sky. How are you being? Yeah, I'll be watching it. I'll be watching it in my house. Yeah. I think I'll be I'll be making a trip to the pub to watch it. It's good it's to see good... the, the Fraserburgh games getting getting the Rangers fans enthused out to the pub. <laughs> but um, I th- I don't think I've unfortunately not been able to to get a ticket for it. Um, I don't think many people have to be honest. I think there's only mm. like five hundred or some Rangers. Five hundred. I thought it was even less than that, but uh, I think. Not it was off. only like a, a certain kind of um, like band of, a season ticket holders got tickets and then the rest of them were kind of balloted between the supporters clubs and it was like one ticket a club so right. <laughs> um, there was he haw a chance of getting one I think in last year unless you've been to just about every single game this year I think Andrew. it was like eight, aye well I was talking to my Something mate like that. that's a Rangers fan and um, he's Rangers home and away and he was saying like, even if I was to get a ticket I'd have to punt it on anyway because like as Gambo pointed out only like one ticket's gone per supporters club so like you can't even run a bus to the game so like people from down here Aye. couldn't even <clears throat> congregate enough people to go to the game with because like I say obviously <laughs> how massive like the Rangers support is and it's obviously spread across the full country so like I say you're probably got to have like a small number of people in every area that have actually lucky enough to have a ticket for it so people can't even run buses or that to the games uh, I think as well if you uh, taking like the earliest mode of public transport from Glasgow to Fraserburgh on Sunday you wouldn't even get there in time for kick-off so. oh no chance mm. uh, it's a disgrace uh, it's a 12-year-old kick-off aye I know I don't but know Fraserburgh has a train station I don't think it does so it'll probably make things just even, <laughs> even a little bit harder. Um, we'll come to you, Craig. What is your prediction for the game? Will it be a Forest Mechanics or will it be a comfortable win this time? Um, I certainly won't be peppering the handicap markets this time. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm looking forward to the game. I, I think, of course, Rangers have got to be... You've got to hope that we'll be winning this one comfortably. But I, as Neil Alexander was saying there, and we kind of mentioned it before, uh, before we came on, that... Like Fraserburgh I've got absolutely nothing to lose here and they're going to come out absolutely all guns blazing and just play it like exactly what it is a cup tie uh, mm. in the biggest biggest game uh, no question of these players careers so aye they're going to come flying right right out and it'll be up to Rangers the uh, Rangers players to, to deal with that and and obviously um, let the kind of the, the quality that we've got uh, come through and, and hopefully it will be a comfortable comfortable victory Fisher Um what, I think it might be kind of similar to if you remember when Celtic played East Kilbride mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years back. Oh I mean, it wasn't they didn't run all over the top of them by any means, but they they by far and away controlled the game, um, and probably should have scored more goals than they did in the day. I think it will be similar to that. I think I think there'll be kind of spells where it might not be where it might not be as easy. I think we'll obviously have a lot of the ball, but I think. In the end up, it should uh, be a routine cup win for us. Um, and as I'm quite excited, it's nice to to have 
obviously your team back after a couple of weeks of, of, of no football um, in terms of Rangers games and it'll be good to it'll be interesting rather to see how many of the new players feature um, obviously I think if it were up to me I'd, I'd like to see Cummins giving a run out up front um, I think Morelos has done enough to maybe earn a rest in this one and then obviously you've got Russell Martin Jamie Murphy and perhaps even Greg Doherty by, by Saturday uh, sorry Sunday as well, um, but no, I, I think I think in the end up it will be routine, but I, I can't see it being a kind of absolute mall, and I think maybe three, four nil, something like that, um, which would still I think be, be fairly respectable for, for Fraser bro. I think four nil is the kind of it's the Rangers too, Cup score. Uh, aye, it is. It's just a kind of comfortable enough, but not an absolute drubbing. So a nice staunch score. So <laughs> well, you're going with then both four nil. Aye, four nil. 4-0 I think so yeah um, a goal in the 16th and the 90th minute <laughs> <laughs> Fraser Bruss scored 72 times in the Highland League this season just under 4 a match for them um, but no clean sheet for Rangers this weekend 2 4-0 wins apparently I'll go for I, th- I think it'll probably be you know, I'll, I'll say 4-1 I'll give Fraser Bruss a goal I reckon, I reckon I'll nick one um, Kelly Cal I'm going to go with two 0 Rangers. Um, I think that I, I agree with Fisher. I think that it'll be very similar to that Celtic East Kilbride game. That was just oh, I could envisage about it. Obviously, the tight park and that. Obviously, I know the East Kilbride game was played at um, was it played at Airdrie's Celsia, uh, Celsia. Um So uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be two 0 Rangers. I think that they'll totally control the game and have like. Well, like the possession stats will be frightening but then again as you pointed out like I read earlier on that Fraser are obviously quite an attacking minded team so I mean I wouldn't. Be, I would like to see them get a goal to give them a friend to shout about of course you would <laughs> ah, of course of course but um, but no I, I just I just have a feeling it'll be 2 old Rangers it'll be a pretty straightforward game but Rangers are in a position to kind of you know, the the damned if they are damned if they don't kinda because I mean if they win the game they're expected to do it anyway and if anything else happens then they're gotta be ridiculed for it. So so I kinda lose yeah. the situation for Rangers but mm. for a Rangers point of view, I'd hundred percent get Cummins in. Um key to get your striker to start scoring goals as soon as possible. So give him a run out and if he can get a goal or two in his debut then that, that should uh, put him in good stead for, for the rest of the season. Um and I think him and Morelos will have a good partnership together. But nah, for me, two 0 two 0 Rangers. Okay. It's nice to be sorry. Uh, it, it's nice to be able to go into this game and actually have, have some options because if if you're playing a kind of tie like this a month ago, you're probably still having to go with the majority of your kind of first team, mm-hmm. whereas now you get people wondering, you know, where's Windass going to fit in with Murphy and, and Cummins and Morelos, and then you've got Candace as well, obviously potentially Greg Doherty, McCrory, uh, Ryan Jack, Jason Holt's been doing very well as well, and then obviously with Russell Martin coming in, you're not really sure what's going to happen there, um, so it's nice to actually have a bit of strength and depth, um, and maybe Murray will, will take the chance to to try and embed some of the, the new players, I'm sure he will, to be honest. Um, and it's just, it's quite it's strange because obviously a game with Fraser Bray you would expect for, for Rangers fans, not really first, you would think would be a routine win. But, but as I said, I'm, I'm really excited to actually see yeah. what, how how we line up, what formation we go in, and how he tries to, um, you know, bring in these new players, of all of which I think um, 
boost the quality of the squad along yeah. with trying to keep along with trying to implement them alongside players that have already delivered for us this season like Windass and Morelos and McCrory as well so I think it'll be a, an interesting watch from an Angels fan's point of view just to see how the team looks and obviously by all accounts you know we could have we could have more players in later in the window but to have had our business done this early um, and to bolster the squad and have the opportunity to try to try guys out is is really important, especially with a big game next midweek um, as well. So, as I say, I, I'm really excited for it, and I'm I'm just hoping that um, it's it's a good game that that Rangers control, that we see the best out of some of these players, and that um, it's it's a comfortable win in the end. It's going to be nice as well to actually have a bench with kind of like first team quality players on it. Do you know what I mean? And um, but I don't think I think Cummins. I don't think he's trained yet this week. Uh, I don't. I think people, there's been a bit of discussion with that. He's either. I mean, somebody. I saw a comment earlier that he's got the flu or something. Aye. like that, But there's other folk obviously saying because he's been down south, he's been given a couple of days just to get his his stuff together to come back up. So I don't know. I, I mean, mean, you would expect him to get a run out um, anyway. If if not, a start on on Sunday. Aye, it's a chance for him. Uh, no disrespect to. To our host Fraser, but it is a chance for him, obviously, to mm. kind of hit the ground running and uh, yeah. get a few goals. But uh, it's just a perfect. It's just a, like kind of epitomizes the the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, doesn't it? This cup tie. So I I can't wait for it. Obviously, <coughs> absolutely brilliant. Uh, especially with seeing the the kind of the winter break. Obviously, you're looking forward to any game, but uh, uh, it's going to be it's going to be good on Sunday. So I uh, looking forward to it. Just make just make a quick point about about Fraser bro before we move on. Um, people before people start thinking they listen to Heart and Hand or something like that. Uh, we'll make a point of it. Um, I actually said before the the podcast to to Craig, I think that it's it's more difficult playing a team like Fraser bro than it is maybe our League Two or or bottom of League One teams because, like like you mentioned earlier, they're they're not going to be afraid to attack. They're they're not. I mean, they probably train once or twice a week. I mean, I know that's probably the same as League Two, but they're not as professional. They're not going to try and defend. They're just going to go right for it. They're, they're not going to have... I just think that they're, they're going to take the game by the throat. They'll attempt to, and that they could be more dangerous. They're unpredictable. Um, and it's a total one-off. You know, you could play yeah. Cowdenbeath. When you come through leagues, you played them. You know, that you could play them in the League Cup. With Fraserburgh, it's a complete one-off. So I will just say um, to any Fraserburgh fans listening, enjoy it because I guarantee you'll be talking about it for the next six years of your life at least. Um, we'll, move, we'll move on from uh, Rangers and Fraserburgh just now. We'll talk about the Edinburgh Derby. It's an all-top-flight clash. Um, Hearts have gone nine games without a win against the Hybies and only scored once in the last five games against that stubborn... Uh, well, I was going to say against that stubborn Craig Lane defence, of course, that's just not the case. Um, they've only scored once in the last five games and they've gone nine without a win against Hibs. Is that going to change this this weekend? Hey, I, think, I think it will. Yeah, that was literally what I was about to say as well. <laughs> uh, on you go, Fisher. Uh, no, on you go. I interrupted you earlier. Be my guest. All right. Cheers, mate. Um, no, I, I think uh, I fancy Hearts uh, to win this Sunday. I really do. Um, I, as you say, obviously they'll be determined to kind of put that right because I think uh, before this kind of dreadful run they've had against Hibs, it was 
hearts that were kind of lording it over Hibs for a long, long time. So uh, they'll be t- determined to get uh, kind of back to winning ways against Hibs. And obviously, with the as I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about the signing of Stephen Naismith today. That will that will give him a, a right confidence boost. So and obviously being at Tynecastle and the atmosphere will be electric. Uh, uh, I can see the the Jambos winning that one. Just talk a bit about that that Naismith signing just now, if you want. Um, and we'll get we'll get Kelly Cal's opinions on it after because we know he's quite upset about the whole occasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can hold yourself together to talk about it, Casey. <laughs> I know, I'll, I'll do my best, man. But I'll, I'll let you guys have your have your say first and say how great a transfer it is before I get smelt down. <laughs> well, I think it is a a good signing for Hearts, and, I, and I'm not going to lie. I, I was hoping that he would uh, come back to Rangers. Um, a part of that was maybe just because, like as we've seen, Mikhail Lafferty, maybe there was a, the opportunity for him to come back to Rangers, and he's went to Hearts at the start of the season, and uh, he's been scoring goals for them and doing really well. So, at the risk of him maybe going to somewhere else in the in the league and and kind of hitting the ground running and and um, and doing really well, I wanted him to come back to Rangers, and obviously he's a he's a, a really good player. So, um, but I think after uh, Rangers getting Cummins in. Um, Maybe not as as bothered as what I would have been about missing out on Naismith. I've not well, that was the kind of the line, wasn't it? That Hearts had pipped Rangers, even though there hadn't really been much interest. I don't think for Rangers. So, uh, I think I think he is a good signing, and um, and we'll see how he gets on. Obviously at Hearts, but I I think it, I think he I can see him doing well. I'd I'd agree with that. I think. Um... I wasn't over. I wasn't one of these people who was overly fussed either way. Really, about Stephen Naismith coming back. I think if if was reported was true, and by all accounts it was true that he was going to waive the kind of ten percent that Rangers were going to that Rangers would have had to pay in terms of his his wages and loan to come back. I would have been more than happy to have him um, for six months. But I think the thing with Naismith is he's probably coming back expecting to be. A first team starter and to be honest we're in a position now where in that area of the park you've not really got a guaranteed starter maybe bar Morelos and, and, and Windass depending on the, the formation um, I mean by by all accounts it was, it was Mark, Graham Burty and, and Mark Allen he was offered to them I think he made it quite clear through the media that he wanted to come back to Rangers and he just wasn't that I mean I, I don't think it was a case of they just weren't interested totally. I just don't think he was that high up in the in the list of targets when you compare it to, to Cummins and Murphy and and I I think I think he'll do well though. I think it's one of these situations where I can see Rangers fans in, in maybe a month or two's time saying why didn't we take a punt in on because yeah. he's he's chipped he's chipped in with a few goals and he's he's playing well for Hearts and he's he's the type of player that when he's when he is playing well he can drag a team through. Obviously he's had a few injuries in recent years, but. I think for Hearts, it's a, it's a fairly risk-free signing. Um, I, I I hate to say we'll, we'll regret not signing him, but you know it's one of these things where I can see people in a couple of months going, "Well, why didn't we? Why didn't we take a punt on him for for six months, especially when it was essentially free for Rangers to do so?" But um, by all accounts, Hearts fans are pretty chuffed with the with the signing, and, and so they should be because I think he'll do he'll do well for them. Let's hear your opinions then, Kelly Cal. The listeners have been waiting for this one. <laughs> um, I just uh, upsetting to be honest. Uh, I just I really I really thought it was written in the stars for him to uh, 
come back to command. There's absolutely no doubt that his preferred option was Rangers, um, and Rangers knocked him back. So uh, Craig obviously pointed out earlier they were tipping it as a um, the uh, Hearts had beaten Rangers and Kilmarnock and whoever else to the sign in Smith, but Rangers weren't interested in him because if Rangers were, he would he would be Ibrox just now. Um, I don't. It's just it's a strange one. I've, I was hearing so many conflicting stories about it, and I'm not trying to sound ITK and the no kind of thing here about oh such. A, I get told this and I get told that, but certain people are saying oh it's a done deal. Other people are saying nothing's happening. The club haven't even approached them. And others were saying, well, there, there has been an approach and something. I, but I just, I, I don't know what was going on. Somebody's just commented in my Facebook status there, um, claiming to know some of his family and said that, because I think, obviously I'll give my dad a shout out here, man. He went and I think he, he was just as bad as me. He was going of the money grabbers and all that in my Facebook status. But uh, somebody else commented on it saying that he would have been at Kilmarnock if it hadn't been for the pitch. Um which I think is quite believable. I don't think the pitches is anywhere near as bad as people make out, but when you've got Naismith's kind of injury record, would they, would they be willing to risk playing in a kind of pitch that's apparently uh, the cause of, of injuries? I know kind of Greg Kilty's suffered for that. Um, mm. So I don't know, it's just disappointing, but it's an unbelievable signing for Hearts, and my only <coughs> hope is that we can get... I think the pitch maybe will be ripped up sooner than people think, and I've got a feeling that maybe come the summer once he negotiate because I think he'll negotiate his release in the summer I don't think he'll go back to Norwich uh, we can maybe try again and try and get him get him back to Rugby Park if uh, Rangers don't sign him but then if um, he's, he's had a very successful six months for Hearts which I think he probably will have um, let's say a player of that pedigree mm. to come back up to Scotland is only good for the game up here and I say I'm just really really disappointed that he's he won't be running out for us uh, at least for the foreseeable future I think there would need to be a couple of variables if Naismith comes to Rangers in the summer I agree with you, I don't think he'll go back to Norwich I think he'll be away from Norwich in the summer I think Rangers would have to finish third uh, or below in the league and I think Naismith would have to have a really good second half of the season for Hearts because by all accounts the guys that you know the guys that do Rangers podcasts and, and guys that do have contacts from the club there's people on the board that would have happily taken Naismith back just now but the decision was left to Mark Allen and Graham Murray and obviously as, as I said they, previously they didn't want him but if Rangers have a poor second half of the season and, and signings don't deliver but you've got Naismith at Hearts doing well I, th- I think he'll end, he would end up back at Ibrox just through I think I think supporter opinion would turn to the fact that why haven't we taken this guy if we can get him in the summer let's let's bring him back, and the fact that if the management team and the director of football haven't performed uh, on the park and in player recruitment I think I think he'd, he'd be back in the summer but obviously there's there's a lot of football and a, a lot to happen between between now and then but that's just my personal opinion anyway. Yep, indeed that's enough of Naismith. Let's get back to the the game in hand here Hearts are undefeated since November the 5th when they actually lost to Kilmarnock and they've had six clean sheets in a row so Craig and Fisher you've both said that you think Hearts will win and end this hoodoo over over Hibs do you think the same Kelly Cal? Um, I think it looks too obvious now like um, with all the good news coming out of Tynecastle and (coughs) the run the club's on but uh, I'm hoping for a Hibs win uh, I just because uh, I'm that bitter at the moment. No, I, ju- I just think I, I just think Hibs. 
I mean, Hibs, Hibs, I think Hibs have to have a good cup run um, as well. Obviously, both clubs want a cup run. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, realistically, they can't. No, got to get into the 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 top two in the league. So a cup run's essential for both clubs. So I think what we will see is a good game. But I just think we have having the upper hand against them um, in recent recent uh, history. I expect them to continue that. Um, and I know I, I I think that, but I think you might go to a replay. But I think Hibs will will be in the the hat for the the next round uh, either either way. Uh, we're going to come to the predictions for this game in a second, but I'm just going to ask first. It's a kind of bland question, but we had a tweeter yesterday saying that he thought, well, Steve Clark won Manager of the Month for month of December. We had a tweeter saying that he thought Levine had been overlooked. Um, they have only exceeded once, and they've had six clean sheets in a row, only exceeded once in December. Is Levine kind of been overlooked? Is his, is his history going before him at the moment? Uh, I, I think... It, um the decision to give uh, Clark the manager of the month was perfectly justified when you look at some of the results. They had, how many nil nils did Hearts have? They had three in, in the bouts. Three, I so I think, I think that's your answer, isn't it? <laughs> kind of why Levine has been overlooked. No, don't get me wrong. The defensive records, uh, really good to go going down in history. Ah, uh, well, there you go. But uh, nah, I don't think you can argue with with the uh, with. I suppose obviously you've got the. Hearts beating Celtic 4-0 and ending the unbeaten run but um, mm. I do think Clark was well worthy of getting the manager of the month and do you agree Killick Allen and Fisher I imagine Killick Allen you agree oh, I would uh, also tend to agree with that uh, no, absolutely I, th- I was remember talking to Kemp about it um, a bit worried because I was thinking surely it's got to be Clark and Boyd um, for manager and player of the month but my worry was Levine because he ended the unbeaten run Um which I think in probably any other month I think he could have got it but I just think after the, the run of games we've had I mean he's only uh, suffered two defeats for he's come in come in the door Steve Clark and the turnaround's been amazing well when you consider that he took over when Kamarnock was sitting bottom of the league and we're sitting in sixth place just now I mean it just tells you everything you need to know OK and predictions for the game please guys we'll start with you Craig uh, I'll go for 2 0 Hearts. Naismith and Lafferty score. Um, these ones are always quite tight. I'll go for 2 1 Hearts. 2 1 Hibs for me. And I'll, I'll make sure there's a, a complete unbiased opinion. I'll go for 1 1. Ah, of course, I was going to go 1 1 <laughs> anyway. I think a replay is an absolute certainty in this game. Um, Think so. Of course, with with Levine as well, I think there's a, probably a higher chance of a draw. But I really do think this will be. I'm not <laughs> going to say nil nil. I'm looking forward to seeing that the, I don't know the the back nine, including the goalkeeper sitting and having just <laughs> Lafferty and Naismith up front and their in their own. Uh, we know one within a hundred yards of them, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> so hell man, Naismith for forgot to think Castle. <laughs> Anyway, on to the next big derby in the Scottish Cup fourth round, and it's the Lanarkshire derby. Um, two teams are just one point apart in the league, and it is, of course, Motherwell against Hamilton. How do we see this one going? We'll come to Killikal for that. Um, well, ordinarily, you're thinking oh, a derby's good in the cup, but we see this fixture arguably four times a season at least anyway. Um, mm. Hamilton... 
I think they'll be without Greg Doherty come Saturday. I think that he'll be he'll be he'll be a Rangers player by then. Um or at least I don't think he'll play because he will end up at Rangers and I don't think that probably some of the agreement will be uh, wet, uh so that he's no cup tied. And Motherwell, obviously, I think was it yourself pointed out before, Johnny, that they hadn't won in nine games or so, or, t- or two draws in nine yeah, or something. Nine games, nine yeah. games without a win, two draws in the league, so and two seven points from twenty-four. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of that's down to the kind of the, the injury to Louis Moult, I think, but Nadir Chifchi for me is a absolutely brilliant bit of business for for Motherwell, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they'll pick up again. I said at the time when Motherwell had the that they're good start to the season that they would fall away um, especially playing Celtic three times in one week isn't it going to be good for your 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 uh, mental strength um, but I, I expect Motherwell to kind of pick it up a wee bit um, I, I I see them being in the, the next round of the cup um, I, I think they'll, they'll beat Hamilton uh, but I expect both teams to score in it uh, if that's any justification but I'm looking forward to seeing how Chifchi does in a, a Motherwell jersey Absolutely. Um, does the rest of the the podcast sort of think that'll be a good signing as well? Yeah, I think it, it will be. Um, I mean, obviously, it didn't quite work out for SFC uh, when it went to um, when he went to Celtic. But uh, I think at that level, it can. Uh, we've seen him at Dundee United. He can score goals in in this league, and I, I think yeah, uh, will, he will be a really good signing for um, for Motherwell. Uh, and I, I agree with. Uh, Casey as well. I think Motherwell will um will win this one. Obviously, being at home, they'll be kind of slightly favourites. Was it three one the last game a few weeks ago to Hamilton? Yeah, uh, I think the so. last Aye. last game Aye. was one 0 to to Aki's, I think. Was it? I, uh, I don't know what I'm talking. Have I made about that then. up? Have I made that up? I'm sure it was you. Yep, you are right. I have made that up. Three, that was three one. There's a bit of scrapping at the end as well, there wasn't was, there? Yeah, um, Hamilton have been involved in a lot of fights in uh, in recent been weeks. A, actually, involved in a lot of three-one wins away from home as well. <laughs> but uh, I and uh, so a bit. I mean, obviously, Mother will be looking to put that right, and it could be a bit of a feisty one as well. Then after the after the scraps, obviously, it being a derby as well. But yeah, I think Mother will be um, will be favourites for this, and I think they will justify that and win. Just looking at Chief G's stats there when you were talking about him, I'm I don't know, I'm on uh, the transfer market uk, which is obviously quite reliable. I d he hasn't scored a goal in two seasons. Has he not? No. Uh not well, not none this season and none the fuller last season by the looks of it. Um his last goals were I no it I I don't think he has scored at all. Uh this season or last season, so obviously you're looking at a player that that needs to kind of find some confidence. I uh, I mean it might have been that he was he was stopped. I imagine. Well, he's he's played about eight games uh, last season in the league uh, in Poland and not managed to score. So so it's perhaps been quite stop start for him. But you're obviously looking at a player that that needs to find his confidence again. Um, so you know, it, you would think at this level, Chief G will be able to find it but you know you never know I, I, I wouldn't say that you would especially after <coughs> excuse me losing Louis Moult I, I don't know if I'd be particularly confident that Chief G's going to slot in there yeah, um, and, 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 and bang in the goal straight away well I think that like, the kind of player that uh, Chief G is is that 
Right, obviously, uh, what you just brought up there, I mean, his goal-scoring record the last couple of seasons obviously is quite alarming, but it's been stop-start, as, you, as you've stated. But I think that you get more than just goals from him. You know, like, I think he's a outstanding player, like, technically very, very, very good. Um, the kind of stuff he can do with the ball at his feet. And I think that, I mean, I, I, th- I think he should do OK with Motherwell. I think that, obviously, we all know their kind of tactics like to get crosses into the box and that. So... I think he'll I think he'll do well there, and I think he'll get a fair few assists as well. Um, and no, I, I, I will say sorry, continue. Sorry, I, I will say I think he is for. We all know how Motherwell will play. I think he's a, a good fit for how they play. I didn't mean to interrupt you, there, but I do think yeah. he's a good fit mm-hmm. for 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 uh, a team like Motherwell. Absolutely, and one kind of thing that stands out about this game as well is that we've really touched upon it. Doherty probably won't be playing for Hamilton. We expect him to be a Rangers player by the time this podcast's out, probably. Um, certainly by this is Thursday night, so we probably expect him to be by midnight. He'll be a Rangers player. Um, how big a loss is he going to be for Hamilton? Anybody? I think he's a. Sorry, Fisher. Sorry, you go, <laughs> no, it's your turn this time. <laughs> uh, I think by all accounts he'll be he'll be a pretty big loss. I think Hamilton. I think the policy, obviously, at the club is if the offer right, they won't stand in a player's way. But uh, I think Greg Docherty, he, he's been a, a fairly crucial player. I mean, all the stats you see on on Twitter and things like that are that he's are, are very impressive. Um, so I think I think he will be a, a big loss, but I, I don't really see Hamilton in, in too much. I suppose you know you never really know what Hamilton, but I think I think it will be a big loss. But for some reason, I still think they're they're going to win this tie. Um, I don't know. I've just got a feeling that the Hamilton will win the game. But um, obviously, from from myself and Craig's point of view, fingers crossed, he is a Rangers player sooner rather than later. But um, I th- I think it will be be a big loss. But I still think Hamilton will, will win the game. Let's have a prediction from each of you for Motherwell against Hamilton. Start off with Kelly Cow. Uh, I'm going to go 2 0 Motherwell. Gamble? Uh, I'll go for Motherwell to reverse that scoreline from a few weeks ago. I'll go for 3 1 to Motherwell. And I'll say 2 1 Hamilton. <sighs> uh, will I go with a draw? No, I'll go for a Motherwell <laughs> win. Motherwell will not go 10 without, without a uh, win. It'll be 2 1 to the well. Um, 42 minutes into the podcast we're about to come on to Kilmarnock finally um, there's just a few words you could use to describe Kilmarnock getting Ross County at home in the fourth round of the Scottish <laughs> Cup depressing is probably one of them I, th- I, think, I think I could use a few harsher words than that to be honest to describe <laughs> this time um, no, I remember watching the draw we were actually in a, a, a class uh, and I think oh, you guys left halfway through and mean me and Ross Clark stayed and I had my laptop out and watched the Scottish Cup draw live and then the balls and balls were coming out and I was just praying for something good and then it was a last tie out the heart if I believe man command up Ross County and at the time I was almost sick when I seen it um, just <laughs> totally but I mean we've not we've not had a good cup tie in years um, I can only seem to recall the last three but we had St Johnson away Motherwell eh, eh, Hamilton at home last year and then eh, this at home this year but obviously it was horrible you obviously want to go somewhere you know a tie like what Rangers have got anybody in the lower leagues you would take um, away from home for something different 
But at the end of the day, it's a winnable tie. Um, I think it will absolutely be a tough game. Um, I've th- I seen Coyle saying that he's hoping to get a couple of players in. Well, at least one player in by uh, Saturday. So it should be interesting to see how they line up um, and whether they'll be concentrating in the league more. Obviously, our priority is still the league. I mean, we still have to um, have to stay in the division regardless of where we are on the table. I mean, we're still close to the foot of it, uh, despite being in sixth place. But I'm hoping I'm hoping for a week cup run this year. Um, and I, th- I think the game's winnable, and I think we will win. Uh, but one of the only bad things was as well the momentum we were in to get into that winter break and now be three weeks without a game. You obviously want to play as many games as possible. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I, I, I'm not exactly. I'm looking forward to getting back to seeing the football, but I'm not particularly looking forward to, to the game. I think there could be there could be a lot better ties that we could have hoped for. Absolutely, but Ross County. Um, obviously, the winter break's given them a bit of a bit of a rest, but they've been on terrible form. You know. Uh, bottom of the league and really really struggling um, in sort of all areas of the park despite Owen Coyle coming in um, do we see them as sort of relegation favourites now um, is it really a case of prioritising the cup at this stage prioritising the league I should say of course not prioritising the cup when you're bottom of the league well I think that if you were to ask um, Ross County fans I think they'd probably prefer to, to stay in the division uh, and, and go a cup run but end of the day, I mean, a win's a win. It's obviously got to be good for for morale. Um, one thing I'm hoping isn't for a, a a replay because I think that could that could be. I mean, and I, th- I think they've already scheduled the replay would be on Tuesday, despite the game being this Saturday. The replay would be Tuesday, so that's quite quick. And then I think you've got oh, that's Tuesday coming. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, only for our clubs, though. I think I think it was pre. Agreed. I just remember somebody putting it in the forums. Um, so I, I, I just hope the game doesn't go to a replay because I mean we've got a lot of important games coming up. So, but I'm I'm confident I win. Absolutely. Um, that is all the coverage that Kilmarnock versus Ross County in the cup deserves. <laughs> unfortunately, so we're going to move on Agreed. and we're going to go to we get predictions for that game. Of course, yes. We'll give some predictions. We'll give it a little bit more coverage. Come on, we'll start with you. No. <laughs> five nil. Who needs Stephen Naismith anyway? No, I'm only joking. I'd say uh, <laughs> two two nil. Come on, uh, Gamble. Um, I'll go for two nil, Kelly as well. Yes. Nil nil. Your final prediction, Fisher. Aye, it's going to be a rubbish game. Looks like nil nil and then nil nil and then penalties. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> man. <laughs> 1-0 on penalties <laughs> uh, I am oh, going to go uh, for Sorry. to win Cam, Cammy Bell will play his first game on Saturday he'll save 1-0 Ross County <laughs> <laughs> will it happen to be a whipping deflected shot that will beat him this time man? Oh, no. probably the useless bastard apologies continue yeah, we'll move Apologies on. Apologies to, to the Cammy Bell family. <laughs> we'll move on to Friday night's big game. I am trying to figure out why this is on a Friday. It's for Martin against Cove, uh, the All Highland League cash, uh, clash. Sorry, I should be saying. Um, Do you want to just talk then, and the rest of us will go and get a drink or something? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, 
won't be spending too much time on it. Of course, my Highland knowledge coming in useful. Um, Cove have only lost once all season, and that was against Crusaders. That's in all competitions. They've been away to Stenhousemuir, and they won down there. Um, I think they're comfortably good enough to be playing in League 2, and I think they'll be in the next round of the Cup. To be honest, I'm just delighted whoever wins, because it's, it's great for the Highland League to have a team in the what would be the fifth round, and that's round of 16, am I right? So it's, I think it's absolutely fantastic exposure for the league. So I'll be very, very um, happy whoever wins this one. Um, who did you say? Who did you say you think would go through, Johnny? I think Cove will go through. I think they're four to six. So there's my my tip. I think they should yeah, win. Earlier on in the season, absolutely they've, they've not lost in the league. I think they won four 0 against Fort Martin away earlier in the season. Um, when it comes to the Scottish Cup, they don't really have a clue because McBookie are the only people that do Highland League. And I, I seen they were playing Nairn away in the last round, and they were one to two or something. And it was just, I think they only won two one to be fair, but it was the greatest certainty I'd ever seen. Like they just, I think they beat them seven nil a couple of weeks before. <laughs> so there's the bookies just don't seem to have a a great clue about for Martin v the Cove uh, or Highland League in general. Uh, I'm just going to talk again because this is quite a depressing game uh, even in the words of our own Falkirk fan Connor Park it's Livingston against <laughs> Falkirk and it's kind of one of those ones like come on at Cross County where you, as you're, if you're a fan of either team you're pretty depressed about this one um, probably more depressed if you're a Livingston fan because that's one of the most depressing stadiums to go and visit every week in Scotland <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I will be there. I'm working for the Falkirk Herald this weekend. Um, Hamish Carton, of course, now well, founder of the podcast, is going to be there as well, working for his new employer's Rock Sport um, Radio. And, of course, Connor will be there as well. So it's a little reunion, uh, which is quite exciting. I'm kind of glad there's a reunion to keep me amused, though, because I'm not too excited about the game. I actually said to Connor about... Trying to decide before I got offered the game for the paper, I was trying to decide which game I'd go to this weekend, and he said not Falkirk before I'd even said mm. any other ones. So, um, well, I hope it's a good game, but we're not looking forward to it massively. This, though, is a good game Queen of the South against Partick Thistle. This is a classic yeah. cup tie, and one that there could be a real chance the lower league team going through. Kelly Carl, oh, absolutely. This, this was a game that I was hoping we would get. Um, great wee ground down at Palmerston um, I've been once before um, and I and, and Queen of the South are a, are a good cup team as well I mean they, they've had a good few cup runs in the last decade or so um, and they're no um, they're no shy of surprise either so no I, th- I think that's a good game and I, I think Queen's Queen's will beat them um, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that then again we'll come in and the Sunday review in part it would have won about three or four nil, but no, I, 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 I'm really looking forward to that game. I think I think that'll be a classic. Uh, no, well, not a classic per se, but, but a right proper <laughs> cup tie. Um, I am more excited for that game than Kilmarnock Ross County, to be honest. So no, I'm I'm confident. That. I think Queen of South will win. But kind of like Ross County, are are part of a team that are prioritising the league? Do you think? Are you asking me that question? Well, it's a question open to the podcast. Well, I will answer it then. Uh, no, I, I, I don't <laughs> think any teams really here kind of prioritize. Like, really it's prioritize. still early on, isn't it? I, absolutely. I mean, it's more a kind of 
European football and English football kind of thing when obviously there's more, more money in the leagues uh, in the league in that um, I, d- I don't think any team prioritises league per se but wh- what I meant earlier was that if Ross, Ross County aren't like, banking on a cup run for anything you know what I mean um, whereas you've mm. got teams like both Hearts and Hibs who would love a cup run um, so that, that, that Partick will want to be in the next round just as much as any other team there but I have a feeling that Queen of the South will, will, will do some damage I think that's that's an important point. That's it's one of the reasons why I personally love the Scottish Cup so much. You, you don't see any teams, any any team fielding a weak side, no. or a weakened side. It won't be Rangers have made eleven changes for a trip to Fraserburgh. You know they'll play first team players. You know they were mm-hmm. talking about playing Jason Cummings and stuff. You, know, you just don't get that. And in in England, it's Sutton United v Arsenal, and Arsenal are playing God knows who at right back. Sixteen-year-old fingers Exactly, you just don't get that, um, and you just don't get any sub goalkeepers eating pies and stealing this uh, the show either um, up here. So uh, we'll we'll move on quickly to Aberdeen against St Mirren. This is the TV game mm. on the Saturday morning. Saints fans will probably fancy the chances of a of a wee upset here. Um, they're in fantastic form. Uh, Aberdeen, of course, have just had their winter break. How do we see this one going? Uh, I think this could be a a, poten- a potential. Sorry, can you get out there? Uh, potential banana skin for for Aberdeen. Uh, obviously, they're going to be pretty big favourites. But as you said, St Myrna in uh, brilliant form just now. Eight points clear at the top of the championship. Albeit, I think United have got a game in hand, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yes, yeah, St Myrna, they've got absolutely nothing to lose going up there and. Uh, they've got players who can hurt Aberdeen. Obviously, uh, a lot of been a lot's been made about Lewis Morgan, him signing for Celtic and and going back on loan to St. Man. But um, Gavin Rayleigh as well. He's having a great season, and uh, and yeah, I think St. Man. Um, I think St. Man could uh, cause Aberdeen a, a lot of problems. Hmm. One game where the visiting team will not be causing any problems is Celtic v. Brecon. Does everybody agree? Yeah. Yes. I think breaking breaking our saving the first win of the season. <laughs> I, I, I bet you'll still see gamble in the predictions back and breaking for a win. <laughs> nah, I, I'm, I think they'll get a take it to a replay. <laughs> imagine, imagine the carnage, man. Celtic got to the the, the hedge, man. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I, I've got a funny story about the hedge one time we played them it was in the League Cup though I hope I'm allowed to tell it but we're in the League Cup and played them there uh, obviously midweek about seven years ago more than that nearly ten years ago actually um, me and my big brother went up and let's say it was just funny we were sitting in I looked the Kelly flags were over where the hedge was and then like some wee Ned like jumped over the hedge with like a torch like I mean like a torch like wood burning kind of stuff like uh, people, people chasing folk like, up hills and that kind of, that kind of torch. And they had that and uh, started setting all the Kelly flags and firemen. And then all the all the Beacon fans were, <laughs> were applauding. It was <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, oh. So I wonder if they'll remember that. Uh, it was it was a classic. Yeah, I was actually sitting telling a similar story earlier about how the the Rangers fans stole our our banner at the first mechanics game when we were. Uh, we used to have a, a banner for our, our main striker. We had a little kind of ultras group 
uh, which the Rangers fans took exception to. I'm not <laughs> sure if it was because the striker's name was Ryan Green, um, but that could have had uh, something to do with it. What did it say, Green Army? I think it must have said something to do with the word green for them to get that. He's had it coming. Forest mechanics it had, flag, had, yeah. had to go. Had to, go. <laughs> <laughs> had to be set alight. Um, next game, we've got a sellout. Uh, Albion Rovers v St Johnston. I think it's both ends that are sold out for this game because when I looked at tech, I looked at getting tickets for this, I've never been uh, to Clifton Hill before and I, I quite fancied it, but I don't think that's possible. So if you're going to drive there this weekend, maybe take a detour and go to Alloa because they're playing Dundee United. Potential cup upset in either of those games? God, I hope so. I hope Dundee United's misery continues. That'd be funny. Jesus. <laughs> Better. And St Johnston, do you hate them as well? or? Better. Nah, fairly neutral on St Johnston, to be fair. You end up okay. being Kilmarnock yeah, think... now because of the scandal going on with the transfers that will come on. Just... I hate Kilmarnock because of you. <laughs> ready, so. Better, man. Paint no, them better, uh... please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, if there is going to be an upset, it might be in the St Johnston game, but Mm. St Johnston are one of those teams that never seem to get stung by kind of upsets they just always go out when they're supposed to mm. if that makes sense um, <clears throat> unless of course they win the thing which they did um, but I, I think both St Johnston and Dundee United will go through personally and do you agree with that Kilikal? yeah absolutely I, I can't really see see anything other than that we, we would respect obviously nah can't nah, see anything. Nah, I just, I, I just think it will be pretty straightforward um, for both sides. But it's good to see that the St Johnson games are sell out. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah I can actually see there have been a couple of. I, I could see both of those games. I think I could see Albion and, and Alloa winning those two. I'm not going to say they both will, but having spoke to Tom, our uh, local Dundee United fan, during the week, he also thinks Alloa have a very good chance. Tom's um, more a pessimist than me, but at times Tom's <laughs> extremely positive, what I'm on. So, me and Tom are one and the same, I think, when it comes to our clubs, but I think he's quite pessimistic, mm. the same way I can be at times. Uh, but this was also the guy who said that Dundee United would not uh, move from top of the league all season, and the week later they, <laughs> they, were, they were in second place. So, <laughs> so For the first time well. last night, I heard him admit that St Mirren are probably going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Craig has unfortunately had to leave us. He didn't actually say why. He's um, lost track of the time. He's potentially he might be. I was going to say he might be working, but I think Gladbrooks are open this late. But he thought it, it, that Peter Head. He said he's putting Peter Peter Head in his Saturday coupon against Dumbarton at home. Two divisions below Peter Head are, but they've thumped the goals in. Um, is anybody backing Craig up in his absence? Well, I was going to say originally, I think the, the reason Craig's away is to get public transport to Fraserburgh on Sunday, just, <laughs> just in time to make the game. But uh, no, I think that's a, that's a tasty game, uh, to be honest. I, I've always said that Peter Head's squad is good enough to compete in the Championship, but obviously the likes of yourself, Johnny, who knows far more about the World Leagues than me, might disagree with that. But just reading names on paper, I'd, I'd, I'm sure a lot of those guys could play at a, a higher level than, than League 2 so I think, oh, I think that's a tasty game and Dumbarton probably are a side who prioritise the league when you consider you know the you know the, the predicament they're in each year that's why I mean Steve Aitken and that is an excellent manager when you consider obviously the part time stuff and to still keep Dumbarton up and as comfortably um, 
every year because they always have these kind of favourites to get down. Um, I mean, I've I've backed them to get down many many a time. So no, I, I, I see Peter Heads winning that one because uh, I think Dumbarton will be obviously their priority will be um, the league. Yeah, I would say there's really not too much between the two the two sides. I've seen Peter Heads against Montrose. That was actually the last game I was at. Shamefully, it's been 19 days since I've been to a football game. It's probably the longest in, uh, since the start of the 15-16 season, maybe, or 16-17. Um, and they were absolutely brilliant. Because you're you know. still in your Christmas drinking. You know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Sitting, um, tanning, sitting tanning crates of Corona in the flat. <laughs> I'm just honestly, I've done nothing but drink since that Montrose Peterhead game. I think it was just it was absolutely it was that good. So I'm still I'm still excited about it. Um, I don't think I've ever no, heard I, that statement like that in my life before. I'm not still on a twenty day <laughs> drinking binge because since Peterhead beat Montrose. That's brilliant, man. Um, but they are. There's I don't think there's a great deal between the squads. You know, they're both. Part time, Peterhead are probably playing their paying their players more than Dumbarton are. Mm. If I'm if I'm being honest, um, but as you look at the names, um, certainly in attacking sense, and even even at the back they've got McCracken and uh, Greg Flemings, the goalkeeper at Peterhead, who was at Air. Uh, you might remember him; he couldn't concede a penalty for about <laughs> for years. You know, remember when Air got promoted, he didn't even concede a penalty in that shootout. Went to went to Hamden and played Queens Park, and he didn't concede that either. I don't think. Um, so, you know, there's some really really good players uh, in that in that Peterhead squad, and I, I fancy them to win that um, as well. We'll go on now and talk about. Dundee against Inverness. Will Inverness make it two wins in Dundee this season? They've already beaten Dundee United at Tanadice two 0 So, do you fancy them to go through another wee cup run, the the champions of two thousand fourteen? Did you say something about Tanadice? Yeah, Inverness won at Tanadice. I was saying earlier this season. All oh, right. Do you mean I won over both Dundee clubs? Apologies. Yeah. Apologies. I was trying to catch you out there. That's <laughs> I'll see myself out delete before anyone sees kind of stuff no um, I think again despite Inverness obviously being in the championship now it's still a kind of minging tie isn't it it was just a, it was a top premiership game last season um, oh, just, I don't even want to talk about the game uh, I'll, let somebody, I'll, let somebody, I'll let somebody else say something about it draw replay <laughs> Tuesday night. <laughs> Benz. I, I'm going to say Inverness will win that one. I think... Lack you know, of fans. Obviously, since the start, <laughs> at the start of the season, they were um, in dire straits, but I think they're playing some really nice football now, Inverness. And I'm quite impressed as well with the signing of Nathan Austin. I think he'll do do well there. Ah, that's a but good bit Since everybody's so depressed but that game, we'll go on to... Well, we have two all of the same league clashes. How do you even call those? Two same league clashes... Uh, and we have East Fife v Brora Rangers. We'll talk about East Fife Brora first because <laughs> Brora won away at League One Sunra in the last round. They've got East Fife in this. They're seven to one to win down there. I seen Brora actually when I was home at Christmas against Forest Mechanics and very very good going forward. But surprisingly, given that managers Ross Tokley, they cannot defend at all. So I think East Fife will win that one. Anyone else got any opinions on these five v Brora? No? Well, I was going to say I, I was going to say. I was excited. Sorry, I thought you were going to say. Has anyone got any opinions on Ross Tolkley? But I didn't <laughs> get the pod shut down. To be honest, so 
I've got a funny. I've got a funny story about Ross Tolkien, but I don't know if it's oh, uh, fitting for the air or not. No, it was just uh, like know how you get such a thing as like wags who like obviously like like how ugly football players in England can still have like minted girlfriends and all that, but it probably doesn't really exist in Scotland. You know what I mean? So sure. one time, one time after a famous Inverness six three one at Rugby Park. Absolutely horrible. Me and a couple of my mates thought it'd be a good idea to kind of wait behind after, after the game and kind of give some of the players a bit of stick for their performances, uh, which is quite funny when we were about fifteen year old or something. Uh, needless to say, I don't think we even said anything. Uh, but anyway, so we're walking in and the Inverness. I cut like a couple of Inverness players were walking past. There was these two lassies that walked past, and then obviously. Comments were made, being like, oh, aye, aye, they're nice or whatever. And then next thing, <laughs> who walks in the corner with them, man? Big Ross Tokley sitting either <laughs> of them each side of them. I was like, oh, what is going on, man? Big, big Topokley, man, walking in with two, <laughs> two stunners and, and the way back up to Inverness. Uh, Inverness after a... Inverness. <laughs> Inverness. Inverness. <laughs> aye, that was my impression of Kenny Shields talking about it. No, but uh, <laughs> after a famous win, but... So obviously, Big Tokley's uh, is, is a bit of a womanizer. Yeah, I've heard he's something else with a woman, but we won't, we won't talk about that. We will not talk about that. Um, we'll, move on, we'll move on to Dunfermline against Morton. That's not getting edited out. We're moving on to Dunfermline v Morton. Uh, it's an all of all of the same league tie. I'm going to need to cut one. Just say an old championship. An old tie. championship tie. Um, Again, quite an uninspiring one, really, for the fans of of the, especially Morton going away to Dunfermline. They're probably going to lose. I mean, they're, they're favourites to lose, and it's all Championship. Um, and we've got Air against Arbroath as well. That's the two ties left. Um, it, it would be good if we could redraw those two games, Commandant Ross County, aye, and leave it at that, and then redraw them. So is it? Everybody could actually get a good tie out of that because there could be some good ties mixed in with those six teams. There was right, so this is what we're gonna do with the Scottish Cup. We're gonna re we're gonna <laughs> chuck Kilmarnock, Ross County, Livingston, Falkirk, Dunfermline, Morton, Air and Arbroath back mm. in the hat and we're gonna have four new ties. I agree. See, be... I would say Dundee and Vilness as well, but you're running the risk of Ross County playing Dundee or something, so which that's the good. worst game in Scottish professional football, I think personally. <laughs> see when I see Ross, well, see when I see Ross County against anybody, I immediately just can't be arsed. But see Ross County versus Dundee. <laughs> I like Ross County. Ross County is a nice, a lovely little stadium to go to. It's really, there's a nice. I was sick of nice it before Christmas, man. <laughs> Wonderful. That is right next to the train station as well. It is oh, the yes. most ideal place for an. an uh, well, I suppose a local travelling away fan. It's not really ideal for if you're coming from Killy. Uh, no, I know. I know. We're going to quickly go through League 1 League 2. We're going to have a bit of talk, 5-10 minutes about transfers. Because we've, we've touched on a few going through, uh, but we've not touched on them all. Um, Srinravi Wraith Rovers has been played this weekend because it was postponed. It actually cost me and Matt a fair amount of money when it was postponed, unfortunately. Uh, over two and a half goals. It was one one after thirty five minutes, and the ref called it off. So shocking. Coupon uh, came in, and it cost us about seventy quid or something. And um, so that's been replayed this weekend in League Two. Uh, Berwick are playing Elgin. Montrose are playing Clyde. Montrose, of course, are still top of the league, 
Um, they've got a chance to go four points clear this weekend with Peterhead in cup action, as we've already talked about. Uh, Stenhouse Muir um, against Cowden Beef and Sterling v Edinburgh. I can't see Cowden Beef or Edinburgh getting anything this weekend. No. Mind you, I can't see Cowden Beef getting anything most weekends. They've got 10 goals this season, they've got nine points. Uh, oh. Probably. I mean, we, I talk about it all the time. They are the most, apart from. Well, they are the most depressing team in Scotland. And, you know, just to, to add to the misery recently, we've they've been called stinky and smelly. Um, <laughs> Whoever wrote that ball. should be shot. <laughs> it is just the most wonderful video. If you haven't watched it yet, go onto the Burst Ball Twitter and have a look at that because it is wonderful. Um, so yeah, some really good games in, in League 1 and League 2 this, this weekend. Obviously, Peter had not playing. It's a chance for, for Stenny and Sterling. It looks looks to be certain wins for, for the, the top four. Um, obviously, excluding Peter Head, who are all at home against lower league lower down the table sides. In fact, they're all at home to, to the bottom three. Um, so Peterhead could be seeing, could be looking over their shoulder and seeing the gap being closed on them this weekend. Um, but we'll go on now and we'll talk about transfers. We'll start off with, we've already talked about Naismith really, so we'll, we'll talk about Doherty. We only talked about what his effect would be on Hamilton, so we'll, we'll get a Rangers perspective on the move from, from Callum Fisher. Um, I just it's obviously quite fitting that you mentioned Doherty because just kind of having a wee look there uh, while while you were discussing your kind of League Two stuff, um, it's just came up on my, my Twitter feed. The uh, Doherty it looks like for guys that are kind of Rangers accounts that I follow, um, and mm. ones that have been pretty spot on with with all the other transfers this uh, this window that Doherty deals pretty much done and dusted. Um, it will roll over to tomorrow, but that he's going to be a Rangers player. Um, obviously, barring any last-minute um, complications or anything like that, so hopefully that will be that will be done and dusted. But I think it's the the kind of signing that we should be making for uh, roughly around I think six hundred, <coughs> sorry, uh, six hundred grand. I think mm. to bring in a, a player, a young Scottish player, talented. He's a Rangers fan. He's highly rated, um, and and the likelihood, barring any kind of major injury, is the fact that we're going to recoup that money in the future. So he's, from what I've seen of him, he's a good player, talented player. I think he'll add a lot to the to the team, um, and I'm I'm delighted to be honest that that it looks like we're we're going to get him um, because I think by all accounts, you know, he's he's obviously a Scotland international and in, in, in the youth teams and stuff like that, and by all accounts, he's going to. Hopefully, uh, go on to be a, a full Scotland international. So, um, really, really happy that he appears to be coming in, and I think I, I would be fine if that was our business done for the rest of the window. Um, I think mm. I'd like to see us maybe try and move one or two players out if we're to try and bring anybody else in. Because with with Doherty coming in, you're looking at a pretty big squad. But I think uh, Doherty coming in is a is a really after the success of bringing in players like Murty or hopefully the success but in, I mean in terms of getting the deals completed Murphy, Cummins and, and Russell Martin um, is just is, is a really good signing as well and I think he'll just like the other three immediately go into fighting for, for first team places Yep and Callum what have you made uh, Kelly Cal I should say uh, what have you made of Kilmarnock so far this window they've not really had any business at all? Nah, it's um, Sorry? it's no, n- not at all. I mean, I thought that Clark was maybe bluffing a wee bit when he said about um, he was happy with the squad and that, and that we would only see players brought in if people were to go. 
because even though I think this, I always said I thought the squad was was decent enough. Um, I thought McCulloch's recruitment was was good. Um, it's obviously just taking a while to kind of for the players to get up to speed, but I, st- I still think like there has to be a couple of signings made. Obviously, we've extended the loan deal for for Stuart Finlay until the end of the season, which is decent decent business. I suppose it's okay. It's um, like I say, it's. It's a bit of consistency on the back line, which can only be good. But I think we're probably more concerned about players going out of the way. Obviously, I'm disappointed we didn't get Naismith. Um, but obviously, Jones has been linked with Rangers. has been subject to a, to a failed bid for Rangers. Um, also, Rory McKenzie is linked to a move to St. Johnson in either a pre-contract agreement or they'll maybe try and get him before the end of the window. And I think Rory would probably go with the fans' best wishes. Like I think a... a, a change of environment for for both would be good. Uh, I think that McKenzie's gonna start the commander so like he's not really improved as much as we would have hoped. So I think you'll probably see him end up at St Johnson, which I think would be a good bit of business for them. You mentioned John Jones there. Um I'd actually forgotten about this a little bit. We've got a Rangers fan, we've got a Comarnock fan. Just <laughs> let's just kinda of have a little argument about this. Um was it disrespectful? Uh, is he worth a million? What What are the opinions? When you go, Callum, you can you can go first. Uh, <laughs> I will say no and no. Personally, obviously, what before I saying that, I, I, well, by all accounts, Rangers rate him at half a million. And mm. to be honest, I wouldn't. I would. I haven't seen enough of him, to be honest, to to state what his actual price would be. Um, from what folk have said, he appears to be he's pacey, he's quite direct, but he's also still quite raw. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us to be spending about a million, which is, if you think about it, is what we're likely to kind of spend on Jamie Murphy in the summer. Um, I think at this point, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Rangers to spend a million on a player that that isn't quite there yet. I think that obviously, for, by all accounts, and from what I've seen of him. Um, there obviously is there is talent there, but as I said to to Kelly Cal when we were kind of discussing it in the group chat the other day, I can understand why Kamarn want to make as much money as possible because if you think about it, if he's out of contract next summer, then this is the kind of window they're probably going to get maximum value out mm-hmm. of him because clubs in the summer will say, well, we can speak to him in six months, and then in a year's time, clubs will say, well, we can get him for nothing in the summer. Um, I just think it's, I I think the bid. I, if Rangers, I think Rangers would were testing the waters with their bid. To be honest with you, and I think it's common practice that first bids go in, often get knocked back. I think you just have to look at it in the climate of there's always speculation about Rangers finances. Who you know, and I don't think to be honest, a lot of it is based in uh, isn't based in reality. Uh, where a lot of it, you know, you get talk on Twitter and stuff that Rangers were going into administration on Monday and, and all that nonsense. <laughs> But obviously, with what's with what's happened with Rangers, there is going to be maybe not forever, but for in the in the near since twenty twelve and, and certainly now, but there's still going to be questions about Rangers finances, which is understandable. But I think Rangers putting in that bid, obviously to be rejected, I wouldn't have imagined that Rangers put that bid in it, thinking it was going to be accepted. I think Rangers would put that bid in. Um, and then come on, and then there's going to be then there would be an association, and a price would be haggled that would suit both clubs. If I d- to be honest, I don't think we'll sign him this window. Uh, I don't think we will sign him 
really in general. Um, that may change, obviously, but my personal opinion is he, he won't sign for us. Um, but I don't think I don't think I obviously I don't think that we were going to get him for one hundred fifty thousand, um, and I don't think Kilmarnock will get a million for him to be honest. Um, but I can I can understand Kilmarnock's position, but I think some of the nonsense that's been spoken about Rangers, particularly you know Chris Boyd coming out and saying what he said, just utter <laughs> just just nonsense to be honest with you. Um, and I think when you look at things like. Uh, us Hearts wanting us to bid one million for Jamie Walker and then letting him go for for three hundred thousand in January just shows that obviously and it's understandable that clubs will not want to sell to Rangers um, at the same price. You know they're willing to let a player go down south for less money than they, than they would let him go to Rangers. See, in fairness, um, with the Jamie Walker situation, I agree. Like, but when Hearts were asking for a million, I think if he was under more a contract, it would have been a fair price. But it wasn't in you obviously sell more to teams in your own league as well, um because you don't want them hurting against you or whatever, and you sell mm-hmm. more you tr- add more onto the price for the bigger clubs. It'd be the same way it works in European football. If Real Madrid are after somebody you can you know you can squeeze more money out of them because they're a big club. But Jamie Walker's one's a, a different scenario, I think, because am I not right in saying that he's out of contract? He would have been out of contract in the summer. Ah, he's out. Or, ah, he would have been out of contract this summer. So to get three hundred grand for somebody just now, um, where they could sign and went for nothing is a decent enough business, and I think that that's that's funded their Naismith transfer. Um, to be honest, but I can I can see your point all in. Like Rangers were testing the water, but it's just it's a bit of a slap in the face when somebody's meant to be rated at a million and you're offering a hundred and twenty five grand or whatever up front. Um obviously it was three hundred thousand dollars in or whatever, but Aye. I think it was one two five up front, which which it wasn't very good and it's not very good to us. But the reason he's rated at such a high price is as I've stated, is because the club don't have to sell. Um beforehand you would have seen Command sell I mean players like Craig Bryson went down south for three hundred and fifty grand up front. Um which was ridiculous, he was our captain. We're in a position now we don't have to sell in we want to keep our best players, um, and it's January, and because there's a few clubs interested, they want to kind of try and get a bidding war going. I think, and as you've said to yourself, it's this is a where you can sell them for peak value. Um, so I don't think we will sell them for a million, absolutely not. But I can see why that price tag's been given. I think if an offer was to come in anywhere between seven hundred fifty thousand and a million, the club would accept it anyway. Hmm. <clears throat> well. I'd- I, th- I think my opinion on, it, on the matter, um, not that anybody cares but the host, is that um, <laughs> he's probably, I wouldn't value him much higher than, than half a million. Um, I'm also quite happy to see Kilmarnock reject the bid. I always like to see, well, clubs keeping their best players and not just looking for the money, especially it, it shows a healthy kind of kind of game. Mm. Um, so I was pleased to see that. Um and I also think that Chris Boyd is probably the worst journalist um, hey. of all time. No, um. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I think, I just find it quite. It's just a bit boring now. This, you know, he, he's talking about paying the market value for for John Jones. With the market value, there is no market value because nobody's paid anything for him yet. Mm-hmm. The market value for a one million pound player, as I've, as I said, is Jamie Murphy. For example, who well, who we are going to pay that money for in the summer? Do you know what I mean? I just think 
it's it's a shame because of how many I've always said this. It's a shame because of how many goals he scored for us and how many trophies he won for us. But the guy talks <laughs> out his arse. I know. Right, right. Listen, you all know me. I've I've had a go boy day a lot <laughs> recently with a lot of his comments. But I think his comments on this occasion was welcome for me because it was good to see him kind of talking positively about Kilmarnock for a change. But <laughs> it's. Like, obviously like, I supported these comments but that was for a kind of biased point of view and a bit of a wind up merchant but he's, I think people are maybe reading too much into it as well he has to come out and he's trying to protect his um, his club and one of his teammates you know because um, he's not and, and people make it look as if he wrote a column about it where was a case with a lot of his his other stuff when he was coming out with these ridiculous statements it was him physically writing about it but these were folk asking him questions the same with Steve Clark and Steve Clark was getting a bit of that for it they were asking them the questions about what do you think your Rangers offer for Jordan Jones He's, they're obviously got to come out and you know have a go at it because it's no where the club see it as like they're not got to say oh well I think they're testing the water football clubs have to be defend their players and their best players for that so I think there's maybe been a lot more read into it than what there should have been and you know, take what Chris Boyd says with a pinch of salt nine times out of ten. Mm. We're just going to wrap the podcast up in a minute, but we're going to go through a couple more of the, what I would say the bigger signings, uh, some that maybe gone under the radar. We've mentioned Chifchi um, during the podcast. Greg Tanzi's gone alone to mm. to Ross County, which I think he gets a hard hard time, but I think that's a good signing um, for Ross County. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say he's a good player. I think that's a good bit of business. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to have a look through some of the others. Of course, Aberdeen have got Niall McGinn back. What do we think about that one? Yeah, very good signing. Um, aye, it does what he says in the tenure. You know I mean, he'll score goals, he'll set up goals, um, and he's a very, very good player at this level. So, Aberdeen, I mean, how strong that Aberdeen squad is now is. Just really, really mm. frightening. I mean, when you, you, I think it was Ryan Crombie made the point before. When you look at their bench, I mean, last season, like when you had the likes of like Maynard or whatever, um, like uh, who's currently on their bench? What last season or the season before? These guys could have been the the star men in the team, but the, but because of how mm. strong they're starting having as this season, <clears> it complements how strong their bench is. So nah, that, that's a that's another good signing, a good solid signing for Derek McInnes. Um, Celtic have been quite quiet this this window really, but the one of their bigger signings at the start of the window is Marvin Compare from uh, Leipzig, but he's not going to be playing for another three weeks to a month at least because he's he's got a calf strain I think is the official word, um, so just more defensive problems for Celtic before yeah. you know the the. the the help was even arrived that he's injured um, and Sviachenko away, away as well as uh, obviously yeah he's a away on loan yeah. yeah to Denmark is he can I make a case to say that Brendan Rodgers has actually signed quite a few players that are injury prone mm. so D- Dembele Roberts now this guy Comper as well obviously mm. Sinclair's been relatively injury free of course but just I'm sure that sounds better but <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just, I don't. I, obviously, Brendan Rodgers done a fantastic job with Celtic, right? But the, do you not think? Obviously, with Dembele last season, this season he's been kind of kind of start stop because of injuries. Yes. And obviously, Sinclair's been a been a great signing for them. But do you not think the majority of what Brendan Rodgers has actually done is just improved the players that were there? Oh, absolutely. Because, but I think that's because that's the credit to what he's the job I, he's done. I know. 
But I just I think that just continues on the point that you maybe saw at Liverpool as well, where he's actually he's trying to record in terms of signing players. Mm-hmm. Isn't he is isn't he really that good? And to, I thought it was just a bit bizarre that you've signed an over thirty player that over thirty over oh my god over thirty centre half in a obviously a position that Celtic kind of need uh, a wee bit better quality who can't play in Europe and is now injured. It's just it, it seems a bit of a strange one. No, I agree. I, th- I thought it was a strange signing anyway because I mean Celtic's problems are obviously in the, the heart of their defence which is spoken about particularly in Europe and the guy that you bring in isn't even uh, permitted to play in European football so uh, I, I agree I, th- I think it's, a, it's an extremely strange transfer um, and as you say he's not even fat so mm, He's not played very much at all at Leipzig in the, in the you, last couple I, of years What's he actually like Johnny as somebody obviously that's a Bundesliga that's into German football and stuff like that is he He's very consistent. He was when when Leipzig were in the second tier, he was absolutely crucial because that's a, a really really young team. Also, we know Leipzig, fantastic football team. Um, <laughs> now I put, put my bitterness towards them aside, but they are obviously a very very young team. They 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 buy a lot of young players, but he was kind of the experience there, so he he knows how to sort of guide a team, and he would be perfect for the Europa League campaign for for Celtic. Of course, he he can't really be involved in that. At the time, I thought good signing probably won't have much left in him, um, but overall very very steady, and I thought it would be a decent signing. But if he's not fit, you know, he can't sort of influence um, influence it like at all. And they've seen they're going to have the same the problems when the when the season gets back underway uh, on Saturday. By the they're, looks of it, they're interested in um, Tosic for Bajitas as well, but. They've offered about mm. two million or something like that, and they've come back and said they want six million for him, and he's over thirty as well. Gee, Just yeah. seems a bit seems seems a bit of a strange signing policy, but mm. hey, we signed Carlos Pena, so actually, <laughs> Pena, see, his six months at Rangers, they won't they won't go down as a disaster. His goal record was actually not too bad. I see see people see see people that have come out and said, "Oh, he's his worst ever signing." Like. We we once signed uh, not to speak ill of the dead, but Daniel Prodan for four million, and he had a fucked knee and never played for us. But people, it's just it's it's hysterical nonsense. But um, the better he does over there, the more money we'll get from him. So, yep. so fingers crossed that Pedro and Carlos do it in Mexico. <laughs> Absolutely, um, we wish all the best to Cachina and Peña for Cruz Azul. I believe it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. And on that note, we will end today's podcast. Thanks very much for joining us for the Scottish Cup special, Kelly Cal and Callum Fisher. Thank you. Delighted to be on. And we'll be back probably on Sunday, actually, because we just can't wait that long to talk about the Scottish Cup. And we were uh, we're going to be very excited to talk about Park Thistle's 3-0 win at Palmerston as well. You forgot um, to thank Craig, by the way. Well, just... well, thank Craig as well. Of course, he's not here to, to respond. But thanks for the first... <laughs> hour and ten minutes that you were here Craig um, <laughs> sorry that you couldn't air the opinions on League 2 and the, the transfers um, but yeah we'll be back uh, on Sunday, first time we've done two podcasts in a week in a long long time and as always you can get us on Twitter at Burstball Podcast and on Facebook, although you might need to calm down on Facebook because Lewis's phone has been going non-stop since that uh, can be thing as well So now, of course, he really Burstball loves Podcast, the Facebook doesn't he? He does, he's got over 3,000 likes, so fair play to him.
Uh, and on that note, we're going to end the podcast now. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you next week. Oh,